Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good afternoon, everyone. This is uh, Kennard Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Servants of God Biblical Instructional Program. This program is for those who truly, and I mean truly, seek the truth. The truth is defined in the Bible as the entire teachings of God, which is Torah. It is translated uh, in the King James Version, Law. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 142 tells you that the truth is the instructions of the Torah of Yah, or God. Uh, I welcome everyone around the world that's listening to me. Also, in the central region of the United States and the West Coast. Today I'm going to talk about something that I think is really <laughs> is overdue uh, in reference to what the Bible says about how to raise our children. Um, it's very unfortunate that we hear of these shootings by young males uh, on a consistent basis in this country, but there's a reason why these things are occurring, just like there's a reason why uh, there's murders every day, not only in the United States but around the world. There's a reason why uh, teenagers are out here having sex when they shouldn't be doing that. There's a reason why they're wasting their time looking at videos, uh, look, playing video games and looking at uh, videos of uh, people, uh, women shaking their butts and, and males shaking their behinds and acting like they're just sexually crazed. I mean, there's so many things. Of course, our movies that, that we uh, look at, uh, most of it's full of sex and violence because uh, marketers know that that's what sells. So the point of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, we have to teach our children right from wrong. And the Bible prophesied through the prophets <coughs> excuse me, that we have not done that, and uh, we continue not to do that to this day, this very second as I'm speaking to you on this program. But before I get into this, uh, I want to cover some world news. Um, I'm at World Watch Daily, uh, Koenig International News website. Is uh, If you can go here, you can go there with me if you want, uh, watch.org, W-A-T-C-H.org. And what I see is uh, Netanyahu uh, being uh, bold again. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, we will respond to any threat. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu sent a message to both Syria and Iran on Thursday saying that the long arm of the Israeli Defense Forces will strike a strong blow against anyone who attempts to harm the country. Speaking at a pilot graduation event at the Hazirim Air Base, Netanyahu addressed the current crisis in Syria as well. And I quote him, We all see what's going on in Syria. Syria's Air Force is striking hundreds of citizens and has no problem using any means at its, at its disposal. Israel is monitoring the situation there closely and will do anything necessary to protect itself from a Syrian threat or any other threat. Israel extends its hand in an offer of peace to anyone who wants peace. But those who threaten us should know that our long arm will deal devastating blows to protect the country. So the lion, the lion is roaring again. <laughs> and uh, let me just show you a scripture in Isaiah chapter 17 about Damascus, which is the capital of Syria, and that's where the um, president, or whatever he calls himself, Assad, uh, that's where he resides right now, Damascus. That's where his, ca his uh, palace and everything else is at. Uh, Isaiah 
chapter 17, verse 1. And this is in the King James Version. It says, The burden of Damascus, which is, of course, is the capital city of Syria. Behold, Damascus is taken away from a city, um, being it was added uh, in italics in the King James Version. One thing I like about the King James is that it tells you what words were added. And sometimes the addition makes sense, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, in this case, it does make sense. From being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. So that prophecy, historians say, well, that happened already. Yes, in a sense, but this prophecy is saying that Damascus will no, no longer even be a city. Now, that hasn't happened yet, so we know that this must happen um, in the 21st century. So we need to take a look at this. Um, it's interesting that Syria is in the news like it is, and so we need to pay attention to this and see when this prophecy will be fulfilled again, uh, Damascus not being a city. So, uh, what's the other headline here? UN envoy warns Syrian collapse threatens region, says conflict is becoming more and more sectarian. So here we go again with Syria in the news. Uh, it says Russia's uh, left Rov says the price of the opposition's demand for Assad's resignation would be the loss of more Syrian lives. Okay, so Syria right now is um, really um, biblically stirring up. So we need to take a look at this situation and watch it. Another headline on this website, uh, watch.org, Iran starts six-day Hormuz straight drill to show readiness. So Iran starts six-day Harmuts, sorry about that, Harmuts straight drill to show readiness. So it says Iran's naval forces started a six-day military exercise around the Strait of Harmuz, a choke point for 20% of the world's traded oil, the official Islamic Republican, not Republican, Republic news agency reported. The drill, which covers a large area extending to the Sea of Oman and the north of the Indian Ocean, is aimed at displaying the readiness of armed and naval forces to defend Iran's waterway and national interests. Iranian Navy Commander Habibola Sariyari said today, according to IRNA, the exercise will involve testing defense and missile systems, combat vessels, and submarines. And here we go with the shenanigans uh, in the United States in reference to the fiscal cliff. Uh, Senate leaders take final crack at fiscal crisis solution. Obama urges immediate action. President Obama and congressional leaders were preparing to make a last-ditch try for a deal, or at least a plan, to avert the imminent fiscal crisis with a high-stakes meeting scheduled at the White House for Friday afternoon, just days before the deadline in action, and I did look at uh, CNN, and they were they're thinking that if they don't come up with some kind of resolution here, that they should be able to at least cause taxes on the middle class not to go up. So let's pray that that happens, because that's all we need is uh, more taxes uh, to be uh, increased. And it says, the meeting with Obama and the top four leaders on the Hill is, is their first since November 16th. The president has been pressing all sides to come together on a scaled-down package that can at least shield most Americans, as, as I just mentioned, from a tax hike beginning next week. So he he did claim in his speech, because uh, I looked at it on TV, he said that uh, the Republicans and Democrats at least agreed that taxes should not be raised on the middle class. So let's hope that that's true, and let's hope that uh, our taxes aren't raised. Um, I don't need that, and I'm so I'm certainly, um, well, I'm certain, uh, that uh, many of you that are listening to me are, are middle class and you don't need a tax hike. You know, actually, no one needs a tax hike. So <laughs> we pay enough in taxes already. Well, anyway, um, let me take a look at this uh, website, the economic collapse here. Uh, it says 16 things about 2013 that are really going to stink. And um, it says government dependence outnumber those with private sector jobs in 11 U.S. states. That's not good. Say goodbye to the good life. That's not good either. Uh, Agenda 21 is being rammed down the throats of local communities all over America. These are some really good um, articles here uh, to read here to, to find out what exactly is going on uh, with our country. Uh, unfortunately, the, the media, which is controlled by 
what is called the elite, the, the richest people in the world you don't see. They're behind the scenes, behind the president, behind the government, behind everyone that uh, we think uh, can have a great influence on things. But these individuals, the elite, uh, they're behind the scenes working and influencing the president and, and other people. And uh, they influence the media. And what I mean by media uh, ABC, CBS, Fox, and all these major uh, television networks to say uh, things and not to really give you the whole truth. And so what you have to do is go to websites like this, the Economic Collapse, uh, watch.org, um, also Alex Jones' website, Infowars.com, uh, Gerald Salente, uh, to find the truth, the, the real truth about re what's really going on. Uh, in this country. And uh, I implore you to, to take a look at these websites. Um, I, I also look at this video called, it's a free video, and you can get it on YouTube. It's called The Obama Deception. Also, The New World Order. Uh, research that. That was also done by Alex Jones. I forgot the individual that actually directed it, but uh, Alex Jones actually helped him do it. Uh, the Invisible Empire, New World Order, that's, that's the name of it. And there's so many other uh, videos uh, to, to look at to, to really educate yourself about what's really going on in this country. So I implore you to do that, and I implore you to, to really um, research and find out what's really going on in this country. Okay, so what we're going to do is talk about child-rearing now. And I want to begin with uh, a sobering statistic here um, on WebMD. Uh, it's uh, www.web as in boy, m as in mother, d as in dog. dot com. Uh, this is from the Mental Health Center, uh, Mental Illness in Children. It says nearly five million children in the United States have some type of serious mental illness, one that significantly interferes with daily life. In any given year, 20% of American children, one out of five children, will be diagnosed with a mental illness. Let me underscore that again. In any given year, 20% of American children will be diagnosed with a mental illness. The term mental illness is not entirely accurate because there are many physical factors, including uh, brain chemistry, heredity, that might be involved in the development of a mental disorder. As such, many mental disorders can be effectively treated with medication, psychotherapy, type of counseling or a combination of both. I would add also um, Bible instruction, but uh, <laughs> people don't look at the Bible as being the world's greatest psychology book. I do. So this is an issue. Uh, our, our kids aren't thinking straight. A lot of them aren't thinking straight. And uh, one of the major reasons why is the bombardment of all kinds of distractions that, unfortunately, parents allow their kids to look at. Um, like MTV. Uh, MTV is an abominable... I remember when I used to look at it when I didn't know any better, um, uh, when I was a teenager. It is, it's, it's, <laughs> I would not... I, 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 I remember with my son, I, had, uh, I wanted to prove to him that MTV was just horrible. And so I turned to MTV, and just as soon as I turned to MTV, they had some woman wearing a leotard, I think, and and uh, I think it's Victoria's Secrets. And just, just by turning into it, that's what we saw. And then after that, that was it. So <laughs> I proved it to them. So MTV, um, parents, is a no-no. Uh, no one, not even an adult, should be looking at MTV. All MTV is is, is soft porn, basically, uh, and music form. That's what it is. There's really nothing you can learn from it. They they have, other than how wicked this society is, uh, they they have a program on there also that uh, kind of champions uh, girls, uh, teenage, teen, teen moms. Like that's something that 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 we should look up to, or something that we should be even interested in in a positive way. Uh, that, that that's just ridiculous. Of course, the the cartoons, um, the cartoons aren't what they were when I was even. Uh, back in the, in the late 70s and early 80s when I was somewhat young, um, when I was very young, uh, the cartoons 
back then were fun. Uh, today, you have cartoons of of characters with blockheads and triangle heads and acting crazy and stupid and saying all kinds of silly things. Uh, uh, you have uh, SpongeBob, uh, some living sponge with uh, wearing his drawers, so that promotes laziness. Uh, it, it, it's just it's so many things. Then, of course, the pornography. Uh, kids as early as 11 to 12 years old, they surf the Internet and, and they find pornography. They're through their iPhones. They're sending pictures, naked pictures of one another. I mean, this is, I'm talking about this to let you be aware, if you're not, of what's going on here. Um, of course, uh, even when I was young, uh, I didn't know any better. I just want to stress that. My parents uh, did the best they could, but they did not, and they would get very upset when I say this, but it's the truth. Uh, the Bible confirms this, matter of fact, with most parents. But let me uh, quote a scripture here, uh, Jeremiah chapter 16, beginning in verse uh, 19. It says, O Lord, my strength and my fortress and my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth, and shall say, Surely our fathers, which is our past generations, including our current family, have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. So you can get angry at God uh, about the statement that I made uh, about my parents not and, and inheriting lies. I, I inherited a few lies, but not as much as my parents, because uh, Yah had mercy on me, and he revealed himself to me, and my son has benefited from that, and I'm hoping that when he raises his kids, uh, it'll be almost uh, uh, error-free in terms of uh, lies that he's inherited. Each generation should get worse. I mean, not worse. <laughs> should get better, not worse. Each generation should get better, not worse. All right, and here's the other distractions. You have rock music. Not to say all rock music is wrong, but a lot of it is. Rap music, too. Dance and so. I'm not saying all of it's wrong. There's some rap music that um, believe it or not, uh, when it's the right type of words and, and the right type of music is okay to listen to. But a lot of it is not. Uh, movies, I already talked about in sporting events. We, we we spend too much time looking at football and basketball and to the point where we worship these people. We, we, uh, we, we put things on our face and we just act like idiots. It's just, it's just crazy. And we we should devote all that energy toward um, worshiping our great Yah or God. But in First John chapter two, First John chapter two, First John chapter two, beginning in verse fifteen, it says uh, this one verse says, "Love not the world," so we shouldn't love the world. Neither the things that are in the world. And that's what it's talking about. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So I want you to understand this. If if you love all these things that I mentioned, MTV, I'm talking about all the, the evil part. Now, MTV is nothing to me that's good about MTV. Uh, TV and cartoons, pornography, parties. I'm talking about drunken parties, not wholesome parties. Rock, rap dance and soul music, movies, and I'm talking about all this I'm talking about. MTV is no question is bad, but I'm saying all the rest. Yeah, pornography is bad too, but TV and cartoons, not all TV and cartoons are bad. Not all parties are bad. Not all rock, rap, dance, and soul music is bad. Not all movies are bad. Not all sporting events are bad. But I'm talking about the bad uses of those things. And, of course, the MTV and pornography is no question that that's bad. So in this verse, in verse 16, for all that is in the world... The lust of the flesh, and that's certainly pornography, and the lust of the eyes, that's looking at television, wasting your time looking at stupid stuff on television, and the pride of life, oh, I got this money and I'm going to spend it and do what I want, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. In verse 17, let's pay attention to this one. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But... He that does the will of God abides forever. So our teenagers and, and unfortunately us as adults, we're, we're bombarded with all this, all these distractions of of, of television and and, and uh, music and movies and sporting events, and, and we we let these things get in the way of us actually raising our children properly. 
And we, we can't do that. We, we, we have to avoid all this because, as the Bible says, the love of the Father is not in you if you're attracted to these things. And when you're attracted to these things, what? Your kids are going to follow your example. So you have to get away from these things. You have to get away from these things. Um, me and my wife, we did the best we could to, to train our son to avoid these things. And for the most part, he does. So uh, the first scripture that I uh, used to advertise uh, for this program, uh, Proverbs chapter 22. Let's go to that. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22, beginning in verse 6. Train up, train, that the Hebrew word means... Um, Konak, and it means to uh, discipline, to train up. Train a child in the way he should go. And what's the way he should go? Well, in John 14, verse 6, Yeshua, or Jesus, stated he's the way. So he should go our Lord and Savior's way. That's the way he should go. Uh, the word way in Hebrew means direct. It means road, a mode of action. And when he is old, and this is interesting, <laughs> This is an interesting scripture. All right, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, it doesn't say when he's young. So what that does is allow for a lot of mistakes, a lot of rebellion, a lot of stubbornness in a child. And we all can relate to that. We all have to admit, if we want to be honest with ourselves, that we did not completely obey our parents. And God knows that. All right? And he says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, when he's an aged man, <laughs> he will not depart from it. So that's that's the promise you can go to the bank on. Uh, he won't depart from it. Now, this isn't guaranteeing that every person that is trained in the right way is going to go, unfortunately, go that right way. But uh, the Hebrew word for depart means turn off, decline. Okay, so he won't withdraw. In other words, he's going to always remember it. He's going to always remember it, all right? And and he's uh, not going to be turned, he won't be turned off from it, all right? So that's that's what he's saying. So that's the reason why it's so important to raise our children and to train them properly in the ways of, of Torah, of, of proper instruction from the Bible. And if you don't do that, then they're going to grow up, grow up to be holy terrors. I should say unholy terrors because uh, there's no terrors that should be holy. And the foundational verse for training a child is right here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, what the Jews traditionally call the Shema. Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, which means understand, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And a little disclaimer again, I have to say this each and every week because I know I may have some new people listening to me. Israel is not just the Jews, folks. Israel is also the United States, the British Commonwealth of People. Peoples, rather. British means covenant man. Brit means covenant. Ish means man in Hebrew. All right? Uh, Canada, the countries in Northwestern Europe. Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, and those who decide to want to believe and show it through their actions that they believe that Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ, is King Messiah. And they believe him, and they get immersed, and they become a believer. They also are part of Israel. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 proves that when it says uh, they also drunk at the same spiritual drink that we do. And there, the Torah or the, the Old Testament was written down for our examples. That's what that, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 to 11, it reveals that. If you need further proof, go to www.beasinboyritam.org and look at Yara Davidi's website. All right. So now we understand that Israel is not just talking about the Jews. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Verse 5, and you shall love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and all thy soul 
and with all thy might. Verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Verse 7, And you shall teach them diligently. The word diligently means shanan in Hebrew. It means to inculcate. Sharp teaching. Not just casual, i got to do it. No, it means diligent. Inculcate unto thy children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Verse 8. And you shall bind them for a sign upon thine hand. This is to, to fill them. And they shall be as frontless between thine eyes. Verse 9, and you shall write them upon, this is the mezuzah, upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. All right, so this is very important, and we have to start out doing that. And I can tell you that we have not done this, and that's the reason why we have unholy terrors in society today. Um, kids, young men, going around shooting people and, and, and going out of their minds doing things that are abominable. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just unfortunate, but there's a solution to this, folks, and I just hope you listen to what I'm telling you and realize that I'm quoting from the Bible. I'm going to use an extra biblical source, too, but the only reason why I'm using it is because it's backed up by what the scriptures uh, indicate about how to discipline our children. Okay, so um, let's understand what God has prophesied about these end times. Second, Pen- Second Timothy, not Penity. Second Timothy, chapter three, verse one. Let me drink some water here. I think my lips are getting kind of dry. Second Timothy, chapter three, verse one. This know also that in the last days, the days we're living in today, the 21st century perilous times shall come. Verse 2, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. This is one of the common traits of the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen, according to your Bible. So I'm going to stop there. You can read the rest if you want, but it's not good about the common traits of society today. And Hosea, Hosea, it's another prophecy. It's addressed to Ephraim, which is the ten tribes and the British people. Hosea, starting in in verse 4. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, is talking about as a whole, not each individual. So as a whole, this nation has no truth, no mercy, no knowledge, or the other tribes for that matter, of God in the land. Verse 2. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Blood touches blood. And hold your place here if, if you want to doubt what the prophet Isaiah stated about we have no knowledge. Uh, this is in the New Testament, for those who think the Old Testament is toilet paper. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is this, that they might be saved. Verse 2. For I bear them record that they have a zeal for God, yes, you do with your Protestant churches and all that. You have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Verse 3, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness. What is righteousness? Psalm 119, verse 172. It has something to do with keeping the commandments and going about to establish their own righteousness. That's what we have done have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God, okay? And that's the kind of righteousness that we need to be submitting to. So that's what Hosea means when we have no knowledge of the land because we make up our own knowledge uh, outside of God. Verse 2, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out in blood, touch of blood, and I, you know, I think of abortions. 
We allow so many abortions. I think it's almost up to 5 million since 1972 with the abominable Roe versus Wade ruling in the Supreme Court. Uh, verse 6 here. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt have no priest or teacher to me, seeing you have forgotten the Torah or the instructions of thy God, I will also forget thy children, which unfortunately he did uh, when he allowed this, uh, I think he was 20 years old, go around and shoot up all these poor kids. It's because of our sins that he has allowed that, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. So the Lord corrects adults, folks. Uh, he corrects me, and he corrects you, whether you realize it or not. He does correct you. So correction is biblical. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 18. Chasten, and that word chasten in original Hebrew means yasar. It means to instruct, to correct, punish thy son while there is hope. While there is hope. And let not thy soul spare for his crying. So, and I remember many times when my son, he started crying. I didn't stand for that mess. I didn't listen to all that. You know, the crying and, you know, trying to avoid getting corrected and punished in a, in a loving way. The Bible tells you don't stand for that stuff. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Foolishness. Silliness. That's the word. That's really what it means. In the left, in Hebrew. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. This is what your Bible says, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention to it. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. And people say, oh, this is a cruel, harsh God. He says we should have a rod to correct our children. Oh, okay, well, rod in Hebrew means shebet. It means a branch, a stick, okay? A rod, staff. That's what your Bible says we should use to spank our kids. All right, and I'm going to show you a plain scripture that most people don't like, but I don't care what you don't like when it comes to God's words. Uh, is here, and I'm going to obey, and I did obey uh, this scripture, and that's one of the reasons why Kennard is very well my son. Kennard Jr. is very well behaved. He'll tell you that himself. All right, Proverbs 23, verse 13, Withhold not correction. From the child. For if you beat as him, and that word beat means, in the original Hebrew is naka, means to strike lightly. Lightly. All right? Not to kill him, but strike lightly. Lightly. With love. Okay? Him with the rod, he shall not die. So, of course, if you beat as him lightly, with restraint and with discipline, with control, with the rod, he shall not die. And he put this in here because it's, a, it's somewhat of a prophecy, because you have Dr. Spock and all these other so-called experts in child discipline that say that if you spank, if you spank a child, they will die. <laughs> or uh, it's going to cause them to be mentally ill or something. And I'm going to read some, some verifiable information that that's not true. All right. Uh, in verse 14, you shall beat him, that's the same Hebrew word for beating lightly, him with the rod, and shall deliver his soul from hell, <laughs> from death, okay, from Sheol, the world of the dead. So that's the reason why it's important to discipline children. 
when they're young. And I know you're probably asking now, well, when is the right age to spank? Well, we're going to get into that right now. There's some thorough research on this. And uh, you can Google this if you want, uh, appropriate age for spanking. And this is um, found at drjamesdobson.org website. And Dr. James Dobson is... uh, I don't agree with everything he teaches, but uh, I do agree on the things that he proves out the Bible to be so. And this is one of them. Um, I just read to you that the Bible says that we should uh, beat or spank our children with the rod. Okay, so this article, um, Appropriate Age for Spanking, actually it's more of a response from a question. Is there an age when you begin to spank? And I'm just reading right from the website here. Uh, There is no excuse for spanking babies or children younger than 15 or 18 months of age. Even shaking an infant can cause brain damage and death at that delicate age. But midway through the second year, 18 months, boys and girls become capable of knowing what you're telling them to do or not to do. They can then very gently be held responsible for how they behave. Suppose a child is reaching for an electric socket or something that will hurt him. You say no but he just looks at you and continues reaching toward it. You can see the mischievous smile on his face as he thinks, I'm going to do it anyway. I'd encourage you to speak firmly so that he knows he is pushing past the limits. If he persists, slap his fingers just enough to sting. A small amount of pain goes a long way at that age and begins to introduce children to realities of the physical world and the importance of listening to what you say. Through the next 18 months, you gradually establish yourself as a benevolent boss who means what you say and says what you mean. Contrary to what you have read in popular literature, this firm but loving approach to child rearing will not harm a toddler or make him violent. To the contrary, it is most likely to produce a healthy, confident child. Okay? So, what then is an appropriate spanking? What is an appropriate spanking? All right, well, we'll define it in the following terms. And this is uh, from Does Spanking Teach Violence by FocusOnTheFamily.org. All right, so it says here, uh, we'll define it in the following terms. It's physically not, uh, it doesn't cause injury, injury at all. Its sole intent is to modify behavior. It's administered only to the extremities of the buttocks. It's applied methodically rather than impulsively. It's never done in anger. It's never employed as an expression of anger. I just mentioned that. <laughs> it's used selectively and in combination with other forms of discipline, timeouts, restrictions, taking away privileges. It's rewarded as a last resort and reserved only for situations involving willful disobedience or defiance of authority. It takes place within the context of a loving parent-child relationship. It always follows. It's, it's always followed by a talk designed to clarify the reasons for the disciplinary action. It is not to be administered to children under 18 months of age. Spankings administered in accordance with these specifications have never been shown to be harmful to children in any way. And this is found, if you Google this, Does Spanking Teach Violence? by FocusOnTheFamily.org. So this is very important to to understand. And um, actually, I did do some research uh, in reference to trying to find the actual age from what I read based on this website. Uh, it states that um, uh, at, at, at age uh, six years old, uh, the spanking should, should pretty much stop, but it could range anywhere from ages 10 to 12. So definitely at 12 years old, the spanking should be stopped by then. And by then, you're just going to have to just uh, take away privileges, the things that... Um, Things that they like uh, that that that's really effective taking those things away uh, from them. So I'm trying to find this other website here about the uh, spanking the proper age here. See if I can find it here. Let's see. Here we go. Actually, I forgot to to type. Um, where is this at? Through the next 18 months. Oh, okay. All right, right here. There is no magical time at the end of childhood when spanking becomes ineffective. And 
childhood is is defined as age zero to twelve, and then of course you have teenage years, thirteen to nineteen. Um, because children vary so much, vary so much emotionally and uh, developmentally. But as a general guideline, I would suggest that most corporal punishment be finished prior to the first grade, as I stated, six years old. It should taper off from there and stop when the child is between the ages of 10 and 12. So this is, uh, if you Google this on drjamesdobson.org, what ages require spanking, uh, you can read the entire um, wording there about the age. So the appropriate age uh, for corporal punishment, again, uh, it should be finished prior to the sixth grade, six years old. It should taper off from there and stop when the child is between the ages of 10 and 12. So that is uh, based on a doctor, and uh, he's, he deals with this on a consistent basis. And it's also uh, backed up by what the Bible says about how to uh, discipline your children. Uh, I was disciplined by my dad. Uh, I remember when I did get spanked uh, for rebelling uh, for the right reasons, and I still remember it to this day, and and it helped me develop into the man that I am today. Um, and then my son can tell you the same thing about how I disciplined him. Um, and let's get into more detail about how you do it, because that's very important as well to, to find out how you spank in, in the proper way. Um, and I did some research on this, and I got this from the, Apoc- the Apocrypha, and this is um, an extra-biblical source. It's not scripture, but uh, it's Jewish writings, and these Jewish writings uh, confirm what the Bible states. So in Sirach, that's um, S-I-R-A-C-H, chapter 30, verses 1 to 2, it states this, He that loves his son causes him off to fill the rod, or he... he spanks him with a stick or or a, a rod often, that he may have joy of him in the end. He that uh, disciplines his son shall have joy in him and shall rejoice of him among his acquaintance. Okay, so then it quotes, um, he that spares his rod hates his son. I know that's a scripture that a lot of people don't like, but uh, that's that's in the Bible, and that's God talking to you, not me. In Proverbs chapter 13, uh, starting in verse 24, states, He that spares the rod, don't want to spank him with that stick when he disobeys, when it's obvious. And you should do this only when you tell them and they don't want to obey. They just sit up there and look at you and don't take you serious. That's, it's time to get that rod out and, and show them your main business. But you do it in moderation. You don't do it in hate. You don't do it uh, out of control. And you don't cause wounds. He that spares the rod hates his son. And hate that means um, you don't you don't love him, but he that loves and chastises him, b times and b times means uh, what does it mean here? Early, okay. So uh, and that and that's a good principle to understand in Ecclesiastes eight because I, I see this I, I've observed this in, in my ministry and in my life, parents and and their kids and I noticed this. Often, and they don't follow the scripture. It says, "Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil." So, you see somebody doing something, and you allow them to continue to do it, and you're saying over and over again, "Stop, stop, 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 stop," and then continue to do it. It's going to be set in their hearts to do evil. And I see this. Throughout my life, I've seen this over the years, uh, visiting people, uh, how they have allowed their kids to just do what they want, and, and it just, it's just, it's just sad to see. And, and you know, I, I want to tell them, you know, but I know they'll get upset at me or something, you know. So, so I have to to be very delicate uh, in, in that situation because I know people are very sensitive when it comes to their kids, you know, and and then when they do something wrong or it's obvious that like let me give you an example. Me and my wife, uh, we used to attend this small little congregation, and 
the parents were, were, were decent people, but their kids were like devils. I have to say, they were. They were like devils. And and every time we went there, the kids would would sass their ki- uh, their parents, talk back to them. What even said that they were stupid. I mean, I mean that was just t- every week, every Shabbat when we went there, and and Sabbath, a Shabbat is Hebrew for Sabbath. Uh, we. we we experienced that, and then I tried to correct him lovingly, and then he threatened to kick my behind, you know, just because I, I was trying to correct him. So, you know, I, just, I know parents are very sensitive when it comes to that, but you should be very sensitive about making sure you teach your children the ways of God, too. So, you know, it's just, it's just very, very sad that I have to see this at times. But anyway... Um, Let's, t- let's quote another scripture here. Proverbs chapter 29. 29 verse 15. The rod and reproof. So this is talking about a stick again. And reproof. And in Hebrew that means uh, correcting. Give wisdom. So both give wisdom. But a child left to himself bring his mother to shame. So this is a powerful scripture, ladies and gentlemen. Your Bible says that uh, occasional spanking on the buttocks and reproof give wisdom. All right, that's what it says. Both give wisdom. Now, um, in Sirach, the Apocrypha writings again, uh, starting in verse 12 to 13, it states this, Bow down his neck. That's a Jewish idiom to mean um, to humble your child, um, to humble him while he is young, and beat him on the sides while he is a child. So that's talking about, of course, the buttocks. Beat him on the sides while he is a child. That night he waxed stubborn and be disobedient unto thee, and so bring sorrow to thine heart. So again, it's telling you to spank your child, particularly these boys, okay? Beat him on the sides while he is a child. That night he waxed stubborn, and I would suggest um, if your your daughter gets out of hand that you have uh, your wife do it. As I, you know, if I had me a daughter, I don't think I would ever uh, spank my daughter when I had my wife there to do it. Okay, so that's just a little suggestion that I have there. Now, of course, if you're just a single parent, you're you're going to have to just do the best. What I would suggest you do, you use half the strength you would use. Uh, with your your boy. But anyway, that he was waxed. And then also when you spank, make sure that uh, your daughter has her panties on and your son has uh, his underwear on as well. Okay, and do it very gently. Do it until they get the point and then hug them and say, hey, I love you. I'm sorry that I had to do this, but I had to do it to help you to understand you should not talk back to me or whatever the infraction was. Okay, or whatever the rebellion was, and 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 tell them this reason why you did it, and even show them the scriptures that commands you to do it. But anyway, that he was wax stubborn and be disobedient to thee, and so brings so, so if you don't do this, this is what's going to happen, and that's why we're raising holy terrors today, unholy terrors rather, and and uh, the Bible proves this. Uh, you go to Isaiah chapter three, Isaiah chapter three, verse twelve. As for my people, children are their oppressors. Why are they their oppressors? Because they're not being disciplined properly. Uh, the, the rod is being spared. And women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy paths. And it's Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. Isaiah chapter 3. There's a reason why society is the way it is. It begins in the home. The training begins in the home and society is affected by how parents raise their children. We have a wicked society because most parents aren't raising their children in the ways of God. We are taught in this country, oh, spare the rod. Oh, you're going to kill. I just read you some information from verifiable sources. And when those sources are backed up from the Bible, which is the foundation of all knowledge, it must be true. It must be true. So you, you I, I'm just pleading with you to, to listen to what I'm telling you here. And if you do, then you're going to be a major contributor toward reversing this trend of not raising our children properly. 
and not spanking them when we need to. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 19. A servant will not be corrected by words. And your children have certainly served you. They should be, okay? Uh, Jesus says he serves his father, okay? A servant will not be corrected by words. For though he understand, he will not answer. And believe me, I understand that one pretty well. Words just don't do it. Action does it. <laughs> and people say, hey, I just talked to him. Just talk. Talking does not work, folks. It does not work in most cases. It does not. You've got to do something. You have to do something to get these kids to understand that you mean business. You have to do something to get these kids to realize that you mean business. And for us, always, always, always uh, help people to understand that uh, you mean business when it's used the right way. So let me go over again how you should spank folks. It should not cause injury. It may be a little, you know, red redness, okay, but it shouldn't cause any injury. Its sole intent is to modify behavior. It's administered only to the extremities of the buttocks. Okay, uh only to the buttocks I should say. It's applied methodically rather than impulsively, very gently, with care and love. It's never employed as an expression of anger. It's used selectively and in combination with other forms of discipline, timeouts, restrictions, taking away privileges. It's regarded as a last resort. If the, your child, you know, he's between those ages, I told you about zero and twelve. Actually, you shouldn't start at age zero, as I, I mentioned, uh, past eighteen months. That's when it should start. And and if they are just totally rebellious and just sitting there in a the corner, and you tell them to do something, and they just got a little wicked smirk on their face, that's the time to spank. That's the time to spank. Um, it takes place within the context of a loving parent-child relationship. It's always followed by a talk designed to clarify the reasons for the disciplinary action. It is, Please underscore this. It is not to be administered to children under 18 months of age. And spankings administered in accordance with these specifications have never been shown to be harmful to children in any way. Okay? And this is from uh, the source, uh, FocusOnTheFamily.org, Does Spanking Teach Violence? So, that covers the ages of zero to, thir- uh, zero to 12. Now, what about the teenage years, the real tough teenage years? <laughs> well, I have a little, I researched something on here, and uh, it's Dr. James Thompson's uh, website again is uh, www.drjamesdobson.org, and you can Google this, More Disciplined Ideas for Teenagers or Teens. And it states here, generally speaking, what kind of discipline do you use with a teenager who is uh, habitually miserable to live with? (laughs) It says, the general rule is to use action, not anger, and what I just quote, uh, Ecclesiastes 8, verse 11, words don't do it. It has to be action, okay? The general rule is to use action, not anger, to reach an understanding. Anytime you can get teenagers to do what is necessary without becoming furious at them, you are ahead of the game. Let me provide a few examples of how this might be accomplished. In Russia, I'm told that teenagers who are convicted of using drugs are denied driver's licenses for years. It's a very effective approach, see? And that's more effective than, than, than knocking them. And then another thing, too, don't ever slap your children, don't. Beat your children with your fists. Don't do any of that. That is totally against the Bible. And I know Yah or the Father is not pleased when when parents are doing that. Slapping does not do a thing to motivate your children to obey you. Believe me, I know. I certainly know. All right? If anything, your children will start not, not to like you when you're knocking them in the head and and slapping them all over the place and pinching them and doing all kind of ridiculous things like that. Only lovingly administer discipline. Remember that. Verse uh, number two. When my daughter was a teenager, she used to slip into my bathroom and steal my razor, my shaving cream, my toothpaste, or my comb. Of course, she never bought them back. Then after she had gone to school, I would discover the utensils missing. There I was wet with wet hair, 
or fuzzy teeth trying to locate the confiscated items in the bathroom. It was no big deal, but was it irritating at the time? But it was irritating at the time. Can you identify? Because I asked uh, my daughter a dozen times not to do this, but to no avail. Thus, the phantom struck without warning one cold morning. I hid everything she needed to put on her face and then left for the office. My wife told me she had never heard such wails and moans as was uttered that day. Our daughter plunged desperately through bathroom drawers looking for a toothbrush, comb, and hair dryer. The problem never resurfaced. See, So you have to be very shrewd with teenagers because teenagers are very intelligent. So you're going to have to go get right back at them and be intelligent with them. So um, let me give you another example here. Uh, number four, a single mother couldn't get her daughter out of bed in the morning until she announced a new policy. The hot water would be shut off promptly at 6.30 a.m. The girl could either get up on time or bathe in ice water. Another mother had trouble getting her 8-year-old out of bed each morning. She then began pouring bowls of frozen marbles under the covers with him each morning. They gravitated to where his body lay. The boy rose quite quickly. <laughs> Number five, instead of standing in the parking lot and screaming at students who drive too fast, school officials now put huge bumps in a row that jar the teeth of those who ignore them. It does the job quite nicely. And then number six, you as a parent have the have the car that a teenager needs, the money that he covets, and the authority to grant or withhold privileges. If push comes to shove, these chips can be exchanged for commitments to live responsibly, share the workload at home, and stay off little brother's back. This bargaining process works for younger kids, too. I like the one-to-one trade-off for television viewing time. It permits the child to watch one minute of television for every minute spent reading. The possibilities are endless, and they depend not on not at all on anger, threats, and unpleasantries. Okay, so this is a little wisdom for us to follow in reference to uh, how to raise our kids, ladies and gentlemen. And I know my son personally, I would have, I know I've done this a few times with him, I would write his responsibilities, and then I would have him sign so that he understands that he stated that he understood what I wanted him to do. And so when he did it, he couldn't come back to me and say, hey, I didn't, you didn't tell me this. And I said, well, yes, you did, here. You know, and then once we understand that, then he gets punished based on what I uh, have written. So so there's, there's a lot of innovative ways that you can use with teenagers, ladies and gentlemen. And in the remaining two minutes here, uh, the biggest problem that teen I think one of the biggest teenagers, I mean one of the biggest problems that teenagers have is this girlfriend and boyfriend thing, okay? And that definitely has been inspired by the devil. And... Teenagers need to understand that in order for them to get married, they need to get their careers together first. They shouldn't be thinking about having sex before marriage, which, by the way, is a sin according to the Bible. Uh, And they should not have their minds on kissing and having sex. But unfortunately, most teenagers, definitely because of MTV and all the other influences, do. So um, I don't have too much time here uh, to, to go into detail about teenagers and, and how um, they should approach dating and marriage. Um, I will talk about this. I think I'll go ahead and talk about this next week, go into detail about how teenagers should have a healthy view about dating and marriage and what dating is all about and so forth, because it's, it's very important for teenagers to understand this. And then in a later program, I'm going to also talk about the proper way to prepare uh, for marriage as well. So anyway, um, may Yah bless you, Elohim bless you, and uh, protect you, and Elohim uh, ready, or willing rather, I will be available to you and for you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4. For behold, The day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.